Welcome back to another episode of the B2B 0 to 10 podcast. I'm your host, Brett Trainer. Today, I'm pleased to have Nina Frory join the program. Nina helps coaches, consultants, business owners grow their businesses by teaching them video marketing and how to attract their ideal clients. I probably should have had Nina on the program before I started my new video series, but I can always make adjustments. This is a tool that not enough business owners are leveraging in their business, or at least to grow their business. And today, Nina breaks down for us the why, why it's important and how it drives new business and how to get started with the basics, right? I think you'll find this episode super interesting if you're not doing video. And when I say video, it's I'm not talking about digital marketing, digital ads, but video as you being the spokesperson for your brand. It could be super powerful and done correctly. And like I said, Nina helps us get started. So I think you'll get a lot of value out of this episode. And as usual, if you enjoy the podcast, please do share and also follow, subscribe, like on your preferred podcast platform. Now, on to the interview. Hey, good morning, Nina. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I know it's my pleasure. And this is one of those topics with video, video marketing, and it's so powerful and we know we should be doing it and just don't do it. So I'm like, I'm going to bring the expert onto the show to talk to all of us why we should be doing it and and how we do it. But before we dive in, uh, why don't you share with the audience a little bit about your background and what you're working on today? Absolutely. So my background is in filmmaking. So I'm the real deal. I've been in video and film production, one form or the other, uh, for over 30 years. And yes, I started when I was five. Um, (laughs) We both did. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't see me, so the the, the joke's on me, I guess. And uh, so, you know, I've I've worked on anything from, you know, independent features that had zero budget to uh, mega huge, um, you know, national TV commercials, And then I kind of sort of landed the last couple of decades on working between documentaries and corporate video because that was a really nice balance. It was a similar setup in terms of crew creative and and how it gets produced. But of course, the content is super different. And I kind of loved having both worlds because the corporate, although not very creative, gave me all the toys and bells and whistles and major budgets to play with. And the documentary stuff was just super interesting. And yes, it was also super below budget. So it was nice to be able to do both. And then, you know, about six years ago, seven years by now, the writing was on the wall in big fat letters. Um, as a pr- small production company, you know, you, you just didn't get any gigs anymore that, that were worth, as I say, were worth getting out of bed. So I was like, okay, I have, I have two options here, just muddle through until I retire and I 17 or 18 years of modeling didn't seem very attractive. That's a long time. That's a long model. And I was like, okay. And the other option is to just like, you know, roll up my sleeves and dig in and reinvent myself. I mean, I've pivoted before, but you know, this, this was going to be like just a complete reinvention of what I do and how I do it. And I, I gave myself naively enough three months to do so took about five years. Um, <laughs> but, um, the, the cool thing is now um, I work fully digitally with my clients, so I'm no longer stuck in one location. I can work from wherever I want as long as there's a decent internet connection. And what, and I mean, Brett, I tried out 
everything. I mean, you know, doing like these mini shoots for, you know, I was, I was very, always very committed to helping small business owners be able to use the tools that we have today. Cause it was those tools that basically put me out of business. So I figured, well, now that everybody can do video, the, the result of that was a lot of really awful video. So I'm like, okay, video doesn't have to be awful ever if you know what you're doing. And so I went through my own learning curve at first because, you know, I remember my first couple of shoots, I still was sort of stuck in the big world, right? And with, with crew and everything. So I, I bought all this equipment and actually read the manual on it, which is like a first for me. And it took <laughs> me like a full day to shoot like three little measy videos that I had learned by heart, you know, the content. And they were terrible. They were absolutely terrible. And then a couple of months later, I just shot sort of a quick thing at my desk because I needed to get something out. I don't know what it was anymore. And I got such amazing, immediate feedback on social. And that's when it clicked, you know, clicked from having the experience myself where I was like, okay, so me standing in front of a camera with like my looking like a deer caught in headlights and reciting a script that I've learned by heart uh, and it taking me four hours to do one script is not what people are looking for. What people are looking for is for me at my desk talking about what I love and what I'm passionate about. And so, so that was sort of a big aha moment. And now I'm at a point where I, I really strip it down to so simple that I always tell them, I want my clients to look at video as something that is as simple as writing an email. Yeah. And there is no reason to get super technical and super fancy. Um, you basically, you need a phone. And if you want to have a little desk tripod, fine. If you want to have a little light, fine. And that's about it. Um, editing software, shooting software, it's all in your phone. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And that's, yep. and yet still so few, few business owners or people, and I guess other than the, the kids, right? They're on video yep. shooting them all the time. But yeah, as, as business owners, um, I don't know. Do you know Ethan Butte by chance? No. Mm -mm. He's uh, He works for a company called BombBomb. He's chief oh. evangelist and been there. Yeah. And so video and email and yeah. he's like only like 6% of email or less than that or actually have video in them, right? But yet it's such a powerful and connecting yeah. tool, but yet... I don't know if it's fear or <laughs> afraid yeah. or, or I, don't, yeah. I don't know what it is. It's it's so what there's there's sort of three things that I think people bump up against in in a big in the bigger scheme. It's number one, it's the overwhelm and not knowing where to start. Right? I mean, it's like oh, I want I want video in my email, and then you find out like oh, I cannot have it's not by law, it's not permissible to have an e a video in my email. So what do I do? And then you're already like in overwhelm, you don't want to deal with it. But if you have somebody who guides you through it and says step one, two, three, four, and then it's like oh, okay, so it's step one, two, three, four. Whether you do the steps or your virtual assistant does the steps, you know, that's another thing. But it's if you know what to do and why you're doing it, none of it is it doesn't have to be overly complicated. And, you know, so the overwhelm is, is step number one. So, you know, where, where, where I'm always very committed is to make sure that you have a, a really a system pat down. So you then can be super creative and have fun with it, right? So the, the, making it easy and making it fun. And then I think the second thing where people get stopped is that they are not sure that they're actually going to see all those clients they were promised they were going to see. And I always take it a step further and say, you're not only going to see more clients, you're going to see your ideal clients. 
because video creates that um, that trust factor. It creates it shows you off at you like you know I work with service providers, and as a service provider, you are the product. People choose to work with you. And if they've seen you on video already and they've seen you talk about, you know, your expertise or about your thought processes, whatever it is, your thought leadership or just simple tips, uh, tip series work really well, they will select you. Right. So if they like you, most of the chances that you will like them as well are pretty high. And um, all the ones that think that you're too skinny, too fat and too young or too old or too this, that and the other, they won't even show up on your radar and they won't waste their time and so with won't waste your time. And then the third thing that I find, and that is the biggest one is mindset. So the not having confidence to show up both physically and intellectually on video. So physically, for obvious reasons, right, we're just not that comfortable. We're not used to it. My clients are not the kids. My clients are, you know, mature business owners. So, I mean, I certainly was not thrilled to be in front of the camera after a career safely tucked behind the camera (laughs) at age 50. And I remember after that first long, horrible shoot, I actually went and got myself a facial, the first one ever in my life. And I was so shell-shocked, I bought myself a 10-pack. I've since let that 10-pack, you know, I used it up and then that was it. That was not my issue, obviously. It was just getting used to myself, you know, being on camera. Um, And then the intellectual part of having the confidence so you know, are people going to throw rocks at me because they think I say stupid things? And, you know, is my content going to be interesting enough? Is my content be something that people want to watch? And and those mindset, like the answer is yes. I mean, if, to the right audience, whatever you have to say is going to be fantastic. And if you keep it really short, which you should anyway on social media, and we're talking 60 seconds short, you can't really get yourself into a whole heap of trouble anyway. True. So. <laughs> no, it's so true. And I think you're right that, the, the confidence and am I going to look dumb? I'm like, if you've spent any time on social media, you know, the the best videos are the dumb videos in most cases. And I think it's just people looking to connect with the human side. And you talked a little bit about being, you know, if you're a service provider, you are the business. I think most business owners, regardless of service or not, are and should be kind of the the, the face, if you will, at least the voice behind the brand. I mean, and maybe it's just who I've had on the podcast, but when I've had business mm-hmm. owners that are growing quick, one, if they're the owner and they're doing this podcast talking about it. So I know they're out in front in other areas. And I've just seen a correlation, unscientific, <laughs> that yeah. high growth companies have exactly what you're talking about as the the owner being, hey, you, you got to set the tone for this brand and people yeah. buy from people, especially in the B2B. That's changing is shifting more towards that where you used in the old day you talk about 30 years in my earlier days of b2b you just had to have a good product and you yeah. could get people to buy it but now they want to buy it behind why and who's doing this product what's the experience going to be like yeah and i think there's so many people are moving into this you know coaching space into the you know business coaches galore and then those that's my my sort of my core audience is business coaches. And, and it goes from anything from, you know, uh, looking good to being on the right diet. So you have the energy to do what you need to do um, to actually straightforward, like, you know, what does my balance sheet look like coaching? So, you know, it runs the gam- gamut. Um, but there's so many out there. And 
you know, in order to position yourself, in order to share what makes you special. Like if somebody like looks looks at us and says like, oh, another another video marketer. Um, but if you spend any time watching any of our videos or any content really on social media, it's very clear that we have a very specific approach and you're going to buy into that approach or you're not. So, you know, we don't serve meals. We, we teach you how to fish and that's our thing. And I, I'm very passionate about that because I think you do, you'll do much better fishing than you will do, um, you know, spending $6,000 here and $8,000 there on one or two videos or even 10 videos. And especially, I mean, if the pandemic taught us anything, you know, I remember I had my content already lined up and planned out months in advance, which I still do, but I now allow for so much more flexibility of content because, um, you know, we had the pandemic, then we had, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter, which is still important. And it just, there were moments where our content was not apropos of what was happening that day. And we needed to have, either create new content really quickly or go, go dark, you know? So you want to have that flexibility. And if you're creating videos with somebody who comes and shoots for you, you don't have that flexibility. Right. Um, and it, and again, it just becomes so easy. Why not do it yourself? You know, and, and you can always outsource editing. I always say the first thing you outsource if you need to is the editing. Yeah, and there's and then maybe that's a good transition to say, all right, I'm a new business owner. I've been in business for a while. My business is stuck. I know I should be trying this video thing. I come to you, Nina. What's you know what's the, the what are the first few steps that you do um, to get somebody? And then we can get into some best practices as well. But what's is so, it the shift of mindset or where where do you start uh, with the doing of it? I it's like, <laughs> like you know um, just it's jump into the pool. So. Um, we have sort of a signature program, which I just completely revamped this summer after running it for a year and a half, because I learned that teach, I always was very, you know, sort of didactic about it. I, I taught, you know, strategy first and then content creation and then how to shoot it, how to edit it and then how to host and post it. And what happened is that people would just sit there and go like, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. And then there was like a couple of weeks of shooting into editing into, oh, and now we need to host and post this. Oh, my God, right? So I, I, just, I just totally put it upside down. And now when people start working with me, the very first thing I do with you is just set you up to shoot and make sure that, you know, you have a decent background, that you have decent lighting, that you know how to frame yourself and then go and you just keep shooting. So the whole, it's a four month course. You shoot every week, um, at least one video. And we learn by doing, because that's the only way you will also be able to develop a habit, develop the systems and the, the sort of the playbook that works for you. So video does become a repetitive easy task for you to do in terms of the technical aspects around it. So you then can actually focus on your strategy and your content. Cause that's really, that's really what I want you to focus on is, yeah. um, you know, what, what are you going to say and, and how are you going to use this and what, what are your call to actions? Like I can talk about call to actions until the cows come home. Cause if you create a video and you don't have a call to action, then why create the damn video? Cause if you don't tell people what to do at the end, then, there, there is no, there is no um, engagement, and that's that's the whole reason, and that's where video is so brilliant is getting people to act. 
Yeah, it's so interesting. And I probably, before I started my new video series, I probably should have had this conversation with you. Because yes. now I'm going to go back after this episode and like, all right, here's about four things that I can fix based on this conversation. Hey, Brett, I'd be happy to look at them and give you some feedback. Um, um, yeah, but I, but I think you're right. Doing is so much easier, right? Because I, you know, I came from the consulting world for a while and it is a lot of theory and say, here's the process and the framework and you do it. Yep. But you know what? I, I love what you're doing. Just get out and do it and we can we can fix it right we can say this is why i do something different and you know what it also does it helps me get people out of this perfection mindset um when i still had the course as a course where i was just like teaching at you rather than workshopping everything i had people who would spend i had this one client he spent two months just playing with his graphics to make them perfect. And back then I was too new also as a coach, because, you know, I'm a filmmaker first and foremost. As a coach, I had to learn to help people snap out of perfectionism. And if you jump into doing immediately, those first couple of videos most likely are going to not be very, you might be great on camera. There's people who are amazing naturals. Right. But, you know, you might have forgotten to put some light on your face and you look like you're in a prison. Um, or, you know, uh, God knows what other problems, but if you're just doing immediately, then you can also, you know, there comes a moment where I'm like, this video is actually really good. You can post this and they're like, Whoa, post it. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> post it. Yeah. That's what you're here for. <laughs> exactly. No, and, I mean, and we'll, we'll hold your hand while you post it. And we will, um, and, and we will like it and we'll give it wonderful comments to give it a little bit of a boost. And that's the other thing. What I do most, I do one-on-one -on -one clients for sure, but I love my, my cohort group because, um, doing video in community and then having that support and immediate feedback, be it, you know, when you're still in your baby shoes and you're not posting yet, or be it when you are uh, starting to post, um, it makes all the difference in the world. And, you know, when somebody sees somebody else did a really cool video, had a really nice idea about a content series, um, that that's inspirational for everybody in the group, right? Yeah. No, and, and, no. Yeah. And the group sees stuff that I don't see. Like, yes, I'm, I'm pretty good in coming up with content ideas, but if I'm in a group and everybody else is also a coach mostly, right, then um, they might come up with really great ideas that I don't. So I always think like the power of group is and, and community is, is huge. Yeah, and I do. I've really come around to that that philosophy here in the last 18, probably two years now, yeah, but yeah. more so because in working with, you know, as I kind of, pivoted my business or not pivoted niche down, right? From fishing more specifically went broad, yeah. narrow. Now I'm super narrow with bootstrapped business owners between zero and 10 million, right? I'd yeah. probably even take it to the next level like you did with service providers. But yeah. for now, I, I think it's good. But yeah, having those, that community, because most of these folks are on their own, not necessarily on their small team. So there's not teams, a yeah. bunch that people can say, all right, we can do this together. Yeah. I mean, I don't work with people who normally if you are half a million to a million and up, you figured out video already. You don't need me. But everybody who's sort of in the, you know, who's no longer doing consulting or their service based as a hobby, meaning they're now consistently in the, you know, 120,000 a year, so 10,000 a month. There, there's a, for, for us, there's a sweet spot there between 120 and about, you know, a half a mil. That's sort of a sweet spot for us because those are the people who will not have, you know, the humdrum of like a crew. They, they, they don't want to deal. They don't want to pay for the, the crew doesn't serve them right now. Right. What serves them is to learn how to do it themselves and then 
in a best case scenario, you know, you outsource the, the editing. Although I tell you, I've taken back editing for my quick and down and dirty. I call them tissue videos, the videos that go on social media. Of course, just sort of, you know, sneeze into them and then throw them out <laughs> like a tissue. Um, so those I actually edit myself because it, it, it takes me less time to do it myself with uh, some fabulous um, in-phone apps than it does to explain to my editor what I want. No, that makes, it makes sense. Yeah. And I think even to your point, yeah, as you're growing, it's perfect. That's hundred percent growing your business. You're still in the hustle mode. No better mm-hmm. way to get your story out than with video, than people can connect to with the brand. Yeah. But I do, I've had some folks on, um, talking about the content, right. As the, as the owner of the business, I think there's folks that are in, you know, five million, ten million dollar business mm-hmm. that could benefit from now getting in front of the camera to talk about their brand. They haven't done it before, so I think there's the resource aspect, but then there's yeah. also, hey, do this. It's going to help your business. Unless I'm, you, I'm guessing you probably haven't seen too many occasions where it's actually going to hurt the business if somebody's behind the camera, right? Yeah, I mean, if once so, the thing is, once you are. Over a million. I think million is sort of a really crucial pivoting point. Once you're in a million and above, you're probably not delivering the services yourself anymore. So then you showing up on camera becomes, it's still important, but it's not your lifeline anymore as much as it was, you know, I I would say like, you know, anywhere. Yeah, I would say probably up to a million. You're probably still quite involved. Um, And I mean, if you're below a half a million, you're definitely still the one delivering the service. So you need to be, you have to be in front of your clients. And and if you're visually with video in front of your clients, um, it'll make a ginormous difference. Once you sort of get to that uh, million, um, you know, place where, um, you know, you have all the systems in place, you now have a proper team in place, you have staff, and you are no longer delivering the actual service. I think it's still important for to talk about the company culture. But then it becomes important that the people who are delivering the service, that you give them a voice, right? Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. And, and, and giving them a voice will also help greatly. And, and I've seen some figures somewhere, and I, I should look at the source. Um, it's actually a great also retention tool. Uh, people who um, are allowed to sort of speak up on behalf of and are involved with the, with the company culture, with their own sort of face image, et cetera, um, identify with, with what they do much more. Um, so, so it's actually also a nice um, kind of a, can be like a perk in a way. Yeah. You know? No, I love that idea. And, you know, I get, this is another one of those ideas that have come around in the last couple of years being in the B2B enterprise space forever, it was, hey, here's your job. You do it. You move on. And whether I fully believed in the company or not, right, I'm going to get paid. I'm going to get promoted. We're going to move. And where I'm seeing, again, maybe it's a shift and maybe it's just who I'm working with these days. You know, the the, why are we doing this as the company? And and if the owner is not passionate about the problem that they're solving, it's going to be really hard for the employees to be passionate. If the employees aren't passionate, it's going to be really hard for the customers to get passionate about what you're doing now. If you you have the next great widget, it's going to sell anyway. Yeah, but yeah, those are rare, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so I love the idea of getting the team, the delivery, the folks who are on the front lines out in that because again, this is this is the brand, right? Yeah. 
And I mean, your people, if you're in a service business, your people are, are the company, right? right? So, I mean, the moment you're selling a widget, then the, the widget is what you're selling. And you can still sell a fabulous idea around why you created the widget and, and what, what the good it does in the world and all that. But if you're clearly like, you know, a brokerage firm or even a law firm or even well, lawyers have to be careful with what they say. But, you know, um, if you're sort of in the in the a dime a dozen world, like, you know, accountants, brokers, realtors, business coaches, um, it's just so important to to have that personality and make sure that, you know, people yeah, buy into your into your culture beyond just what you want them to think, but also, you know, the people that work with you and, and around you. That's really important. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. And I know I took us off topic a little bit, but. No, yeah, I did, but, but it's actually, it, I love, you know, I love exploring other avenues as well. So. Yeah. And listen, <laughs> listeners of this podcast know that we do go get off track, but. Wonderful. <laughs> most point is it's, it's good stuff. Um, all right. So if I'm thinking of just now, yeah, I met with you, say, hey, we're just going to start to it. What are some of the the do's and don'ts, best practices? How do, how do I think about approaching this if I want to try it myself? Because you know, what mm-hmm. I found is everybody likes to try it themselves, but then realize, you know what, maybe there's somebody, a coach that can help me get through this you know, quicker, so faster, give you the Instead of spending four years of your life, we can do this in four months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, so, I mean, the big do's and don'ts, um, I mean, there's, there's, there's a bit of a list, but I would say, I mean, for sure, um, you know, don't go out. I mean, some people just need to like buy something to get themselves excited over starting something new, but I mean, don't go and buy a camera. Don't buy in, buy, buy a huge, um, you know, lighting setup. Um, it's really most, in most cases, just absolutely not necessary. And it'll just end up being one of those things. Like when, when I see clients and I say, okay, what, what kind of equipment do you have? 99% of the time, my, my question is, um, do you still have the receipt? Can you return it? Um, <laughs> and most people buy, buy stuff, they unpack it, they see the 50,000 little bits and pieces that come with it and the manual that is three inches thick. And then it goes into the closet to never be, you know, never Thanks to be seen again. again. So, so that's number one. Don't overcomplicate your life. Once you're really doing it and then, you know, then you can start playing, obviously, if, if, if it's something that you feel like you really want to invest in. Um, in terms of like the technical aspect of it. Um, and then, you know, keep it super short. I always say one video, one tip, one call to action in and out. And I just had, we did a video challenge just last week with a couple of bunch, with a bunch of pe- people and um, Iris, who's a fabulous, I mean, she does just amazing videos. Um, and she, <laughs> she, she got through this amazing video, amazing tips, really funny. Everything was really great. And then she got so caught up in the moment that she asked people three questions at the end. And I'm like, Iris, confused people don't buy. Confused people don't engage. Clearly. So it's really, it's one call to action. Um, like, you know, even if it's just leave a comment below on XYZ, you know, that can be sort of the least salesy way um, to, to have people just engage with you. Um, or, you know, download our lead magnet or whatever it is. Um, so, so that's just keep it, keep it short and simple. Um, the stats are that a video is 60% more likely to be watched to the end. And that's where the call to action is if it's 60 seconds or less. Um, so if you do have longer format stuff like lives or podcasts, or like we do live interviews with guests every other week, 
um, just create macro con- micro content. Sorry. So um, take take a snippet where your guests or you sound particularly brilliant, and just take sixty seconds of that, and that goes on social media. You can then always add a link for people to watch. You know your entire playlist of all the shows that you have, or all the tips that you have, or whatever it is. But on social media, if people see something is longer than much longer than a minute, minute and a half, they might not even click on it because who wants to spend two minutes, right? right? But if it's like, you know, 59 seconds, 75 seconds, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll watch that. I have a minute. Got it. No, I and mean, by accident, I can't say I was intentional doing that. But <laughs> yeah, with the podcast, we do snip it into, yep. you know, 60 seconds, sometimes a little bit longer, but, but not much. So I guess you kind of answer what my next question on that would be with the longer form, like on the video, right? You, mm-hmm. A welcome video would probably to me make more sense than just text, right? And again, I haven't done that on my website. And I know we're getting a little bit away from video. So kind of how do you view the longer form video? And then obviously we got the snippets for social. Is there, do you make those I mean, recommendations? Yeah, I mean, even on your website, a, a welcome video should not be longer than 60 seconds either. Okay. Because you don't know who's, so people who come to your website are, they're coming from, you don't know where they're coming from, but I would venture to guess that most of them come on your landing page, not because they know you already, but because they found you, they Googled you, you you, you popped up you know, on LinkedIn, they're not checking out your website. However, if now it's that somebody clicks on your about section, you now can think probably venture to guess that you might have a little bit more of a captive audience. So you could put like a maybe one and a half minute, two minute video there. Um, But like I I just talked to somebody yesterday. Uh, She's amazing. She's amazing on video and she has a welcome video that is 12 minutes on her landing page. And I was like, mm, no, <laughs> it's a great video to have. And what you can do is, again, Same have it a short one and say, want to learn more, want to dive deeper, want to hear what I have to say about XYZ, want to hear my backstory, then link to the 12 minute one and have that hosted on, I'm not a big fan of YouTube, but have it hosted on YouTube or Vimeo or wherever for those who want to have. So it's sort of like a permission thing, right? Would you like to learn more about me? Here's my 10 minute version, but okay. give them up front the short version. The short version. Now it makes perfect sense. And one thing I've already taken away, 60 seconds. <laughs> if, if I'm thinking about videos, 60 seconds is, is where yeah, I'm Yeah, and the dirty secret is my videos are never 30, 30, 60 seconds. And I've been doing this for so long that, um, you know, I, I got a pretty decent following so I, I can get away with a little more. Um, but yeah, I'm always working on trying to make mine shorter too and not yeah. go on too many tangents. And then tying that back because of the other thing I've been obsessed with lately is the storytelling aspect because I do believe mm-hmm. in the power and that's something I have not been very good at. And so how do you incorporate, I guess you can tell a story in little 60 seconds or 30 seconds. How do you, how do you like well, to define, define storytelling, right? So storytelling <laughs> is not necessarily a story. That's number one. Um, so if you're doing these 60, 60 second things, what, what, so what I work with my clients on a lot is series so we'll do like um, my, my, my classic thing I, I have my clients start with often is just to do most of us or most um, service-based businesses have a lead magnet to, you know, get people into their orbit um, by, you know, exchanging some tips for email address so you can then sell to them on email. 
And um, so if you have a tip sheet, you know, your top 10 reasons why your top, top tips to well, no, survive video marketing. Um, if you have a 10 tip sheet or 15 tip, whatever sheet, that is 15 videos or 10 videos right there. One video, one tip. The beauty of it is each time you post it, you can then put the link into the comments or wherever you put your link to download your lead magnet, right? So it, it sort of leads one into the other. The storytelling that happens with video is that video, unless it's on YouTube, rarely comes naked, rarely comes alone, right? So you always have the opportunity, like on LinkedIn, Facebook, to tell a story in the post because you, you, you want to incentivize people to go to the video and click on it. Right. So the post is sort of the, the warm-up act, or so the post can be the overview and the video can go into further detail or the post can be a detail and you can in encourage people to watch the video to get, you know, the bigger view or whatever. So you can sort of play those two in tandem. The storytelling within a 60 second video to me is, hi, I'm Nina. I'm with Clockwise Productions. I'm going to talk about X today. I'm talking about X today. I'm giving them a call to action and I'm saying goodbye. Keep it simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I, it, I, I'm, you remind me of something earlier in the show when you talk about perfection. I had a colleague back when I was in the consulting days, Calvin, shout out to you for always reminding me. He's like, Brett, done is better than perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, Let's so, go. Like, exactly. yeah, I still struggle with that today, trying to make sure I just want to get that one right word, one last you know, yeah, the call to action. So yeah, at some point you have to just let go and do. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a very specific question, maybe selfish mm -hmm. for my business because <laughs> you've got me thinking because to my website right now, there's a, a blog post that I wrote. It's, it's fairly lengthy, but it's driving like five X more traffic to the website organically than anything else. But it's just a long blog. Is that something that I should break into a video? as well or i mean I, I know i'm not leveraging it let's put it that way yeah yeah so how would you approach something like that i mean because it's, it's kind of backwards right uh yeah and that's fine too so um i mean not knowing what the subject matter is and 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 how uh, how long it really is i mean is it five thousand words or is it a thousand words uh probably t 2500 okay so it's pretty long yeah i mean th then what i would do is create videos around it where you just say like, Hey, you know, this blog post is, is the bomb and you need to check it out and just keep it at a really simple, quick video that basically tells people to go and read it. Maybe also, okay. you know, why, um, or what you could do is go into, I'm assuming you have chapters or you have, you know, subcategories and just pull out some of those and create content around that and just talk about, again, I would use video as teaser to get more traffic to it. If, it, if it's that good a uh, content and obviously something that long, you probably did a lot of research on it and or it is sort of a meta blog of a topic, you can break it down into a series of videos that talk about that or talk about the specifics of the content. That becomes then a series that you put on on YouTube into a playlist. Okay, and I'm glad you said that because that's kind of what the the new video, the new series that I'm doing on the the shorter content on the podcast mm -hmm. is breaking down that that blog post into the framework and other bits and pieces. Yep. But based on our conversation, now I need to take that a step further and get the teasers for each of those into because each of these episodes will be 
you know, less than 10 minutes, but definitely more than 60 seconds. So I need to figure out how to even shrink it a little bit more. So awesome. And I mean, and you know, if you have a captive audience, or if you are behind a paywall, you can definitely go longer. It's just sort of getting people that are not in your paid orbit yet, right? Right. So you you know when you're looking at the at sort of the client journey, right, from unaware to aware to interested to having intent to buy from you specifically to then buying from you, you sort of have it's really easy to move people along the line of unaware, aware to interested, but then moving them from interested into intent of actually wanting to buy from you that is where the, this this really sort of the big mountain is that you have to climb people over um, because there's so many offers out there and that's where video is brilliant and that's where these short little videos again you just you just need to get them over the hump once you have them on the other side and it makes sense for you to have longer content um, or a deeper dive because you know maybe people really want to check out much more who you are before they you know, it, you know, some services are a couple of thousand dollars, but I know, you know, some coaches are fifty, hundred thousand dollars. So that audience, if you have that kind of long sales cycle and you have huge ticket items, then it absolutely does make sense to have longer videos that showcase your intellect and your your the way you're working with your clients or more thought processes. But that wouldn't come until just before the purchase, right? That, right? that is then basically, here's an opportunity for you to learn even more about me before yeah, you spend $100,000 with me. Uh, but if I'm set selling something that is one, two, three thousand $3,000, I don't need to do that. True. Yeah, it's a much quicker sales cycle. And yeah, because yeah, I think number of studies or surveys, how they measured it, actually, I don't know. But you know, at any given point, only 3% of your targeted buyers or prospects are in buy now mode, right? So they're actively mm-hmm. in looking to engage and buy. Yeah. So that means you want to be talking with your videos to the other 97% that says, hey, get to know me, right? Here's some mm-hmm. value. Here's some help for you. And when you yeah. are ready, is that part of the journey? You know, it's going to make that that process easier. And I think yeah. that's where still a lot of people struggle is it's a long game, right? I mean, you may get lucky and connect with the right prospect, the right time with the right message, but I don't know if I'd want to build my business on that strategy. Yeah, yeah, that that's a tough one. No, you you need to be able to nurture. You need to be able to touch them over and over again. And and the other thing is also with video, if they do see you over and over again, it creates on their part a familiarity with you that when they do get on that Zoom sales call with you, they immediately you know know who you are and 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 that's always where i say like you know especially um also for the ladies it's like if you always show up in full hair and makeup and you know all beautifully made up and you also do that on your zoom sales calls and you also do that once you've booked a client and work with them fine by all means go ahead but like I, as you can tell, I mean, you guys can't see me, but I, I don't bother. My, I mean, I want to look nice and I want to look clean and, and put together, but I'm not, you know, going to, I'm, I'm not into makeup and stuff like that. So I actually show up on my videos the way I show up on the Zoom call and the way I will show up when clients work with me. Um, just because I, you don't want that disconnect to happen because um, that's then going to be betray of the trust. Right. So the trust and the the money in the bank that you have because they've seen you on social media, um, you want to make sure that you show up as the same person when they actually get to meet you. 
Yeah, it's such a good point. Yeah, because as soon as you get that, create that doubt, and you mentioned clarity, right? Clarity, doubt is the way yeah. to kill a business. Hard to overcome it, even if it's as simple as, you know, it's kind of you know, a lot of people use the dating analogy, right? So if your profile yeah. pic is X, but then you show up in the Zoom and the torn T-shirt and all that, just be yeah. you, right? And, and find and 20, people. Like- Twenty years older. I mean, it, it happens all the time when you. I mean, and I'm I'm marginally guilty of that too. You look at the photo on somebody's LinkedIn profile. And then you meet them on Zoom and you go like, whoa, is that the same person? Um, so, you know, it's, it's uh, and again, especially for, for us women where we do have the photo shoot and there's a whole hair and makeup thing happening and then it's being photo, photo touched and stuff like that. And I always try to, yes, I want that beautiful picture, but I also want to make sure that I'm still Nina and when they, when they meet me, I'm, I'm not, yeah, a bad, a bad dating experience. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And even to the point today was the first day we've actually say met in person, but face to face had the conversation. But I feel like I've known you by listening to your content and and watching. Right. It's you do think you get to know people. Well, you do get to know people. I've got to know you, but it's Mm -hmm. one sided. Right. Because And I sometimes have to be really conscientious of that, that somebody might be feeling a lot more familiar with me than I will with them. And I always make I always make sure that I do that little extra homework, so I'm not coming into a call completely un- unprepared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, because so- otherwise there's a disbalance, which which um, can get can get a little wonky. You know? Exactly. Well, Nina, I, I want to be super respectful of your time. Is there anything we didn't touch on today? You think we should? Oh, let the so audience- much. No, I know. <laughs> like I said I'd probably do this another 35 minutes, as I've already got three pages of notes. Um, going through no this. i think i think we sort of got the essence of it so you know it just basically do it do it by yourself do it with friends um you know get some help um and and don't get yourself bought into getting technically super complicated it's just not it's not serving you well if the purpose is not doing gone with the wind three um <laughs> right. but actually just getting out some videos so people can get to know you on social media yeah, I think that makes sense, right? Unless you like podcast wise, you've got, you know, NPR is highly produced, highly edited, yeah. right? Polished shows, but, you know, some of the most popular ones aren't. Yeah. <laughs> and exactly. it's just people want to connect with people. So I think that's, yeah. that's great advice. And I do highly encourage folks to get out there and, and follow your content and reach out. And if, if folks do want to learn more about you or connect with you, what's the best place for them to do that? I mean, if, if you want to check out our website, which is clockwiseproductions.com, that would be lovely. But if, you, if you're not ready for that, just go on LinkedIn, Nina Fareep. I'm the only one with that last name. And, um, and just follow us on, on LinkedIn and see, because we do as we pr- preach, and preach is never the right word, as we do. We, we do as we, as we say. Walk the talk. Um, <laughs> we walk the talk. Thank you. Thank you. That's much better. Um, so LinkedIn is a great way to experience us. Um, always feel free to DM me if you have questions. If you want me to look at a video, I'm ha- happy to do so. And we offer free masterclasses on how to create binge-worthy content that attracts your ideal clients. And the next one we have is on December the 14th at um, 5.30 Eastern. So uh, would love to see you there. It's a great way to experience how we work with our clients. We give you tons of great ideas and you know how to think about your content and what, what kind of content is great content. Uh, so please join us for that. that. And um, just ping me on, on, on LinkedIn and I'll, I'll send you um, a, a link to um, sign up for that. 
Awesome. Yeah. Highly encourage you to check out your content because not only it's you, but you've got your clients and folks talking about their journey. So no matter where you are in your video journey and you're like stumbling along like me or just thinking about it, (laughs) that Nina is a great place to start. So Nina, again, thank you for joining us and educating us and, you know, giving me that push that I, like I said, I should have had you on a couple of weeks ago before I started, but (laughs) (laughs) done is better than perfect. Now I can work on making it better. So I appreciate it. You're very welcome. It was wonderful to talk to you. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.